want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit? Are you in need of an uplifting message? It's time for today's Uplift, encouraging words and biblical truths to help you find freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good evening, everybody, and here we are. It's just me and Robert, the the old original, uh, you know, we grew up on this little road out in the country in St. Clairsville, Ohio, called Little McMahon Creek Road. So I guess we'll just call us the old, the original McMahon Creek Road gang. <laughs> we'll go with that. You know, yeah. like we live, we live hundreds of miles apart now. I'm here in Ohio, which is sunny today, thankfully. And Robertson's uh, sunny South Carolina. It's actually uh, raining here today. Oh, it's raining? Oh, man. It was beautiful here today. I just got done cutting my, my hay field, otherwise known as grass. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it was it was funny. It was, it was like, it was freezing this morning. Like, we had a light frost this morning, and it got up to 79 or 80 this afternoon. So this is Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. In sunny South Carolina, it's raining. So, you know, you just... You, <laughs> The weather's going to do whatever it's going to do. And speaking of doing whatever it's going to do, let's bring up Phil Bliss, who, as you can see, is not here. Phil Phil, Phil wasn't able to make it tonight. He, he had to uh, make a hospital visit, which, uh, y- you know, that's part of a pastor's thing. And uh, you know, we miss you, Phil, but, you know, we might pick on you a little bit in your absence tonight. Okay. So, But uh, well, anyway, we're so tonight, Robert chose our topic which is the parable of the sower all right so yeah i've I've got i've got it pulled up uh i was going to read it if you want me to i can read it and then Um, sure now do you are you going to read just the parable itself are you going to read both that and what jesus explains it to be oh that's a good question Well, this is the one that he explains, by the way. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will read. I'm in Matthew 13. Okay. And I will read down through verse 9. I will just read the parable. I will read through verse 9, and then you can uh you can you can paraphrase. You you can you can play the part of Jesus. <laughs> All, right. All right, that's my favorite. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome all right all right the parable of the sower this is matthew 13 again so if if you want to whoever wants to pull it up and follow along that same day jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore then he told them many things in parables saying A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. 
All right. All right. So this is uh, this is considered. Now this is this is actually in all th uh, three synoptic gospels. John, of course, is not a synoptic gospel. It's unique from the other three. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke, three gospels that are synoptic, just means similar. Okay. And so all three of these gospels record uh, this parable. Okay. Uh, so like in Mark, it's in Mark 4. And then, of course, it appears again in Luke. And so Jesus gives this parable. This is considered Jesus's first parable. <clears throat> okay, so if you... If you study this parable, they're going to suggest to you that this is the first parable Jesus gives, the first uh, story. Now, parable is just a story with a point, right? So 35% of Jesus's teaching on earth was stories that he would tell people. And sometimes he explained them and sometimes he did not. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes these stories are allegories. And that means like everything in the story means something else. And then other times it's not. And so, so, you know, it just depends on the story. And mm -hmm. so I, I think if we're going to, you know, be uplifting to people, I think one of the things we could do is, is let's bring up some of these stories that Jesus talks about. And he actually reveals the kingdom by telling us a story. Mm -hmm. And So he, he says a lot of them. There's many, many stories. And if this is the first one, then it's only proper that we begin with this one. And so this one is is awesome. It's powerful, and it is considered an allegory. Each thing in the parable represents something else, and we know that because Jesus told us <laughs> what they represent. So the good thing is we don't have to wonder. Hey, I wonder if this represents this. Now, well, Jesus told us because as interesting as this is, like you might be feeling out there. I don't know who's listening or who's watching or whatever, but. You might be feeling like, man, when Jesus says something, I just don't always understand what he's saying. That's okay. You're in good company. Neither did the apostles. <laughs> and so the apostles actually asked Jesus privately, what does this mean? And so Jesus then explains it. He actually tells them, if you don't understand this one, you're not going to understand any of them. And the reason, and Jesus is kind of playing the part of a rabbi. Uh, it was not uncommon in Jewish times for rabbis to tell stories. They would often teach with stories and everybody loves a good story, but they would have like these moral or um, also like these hidden meanings. And they would tell a story to one to get you to drop your guard down. Because when people hear stories, they drop their guard down and then you kind of hit the punchline, right? Mm -hmm. Um they would also tell stories because they want you to think about it. So sometimes Jesus doesn't explain a parable mm -hmm. because the intention is he wants you to be thinking about it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to just give you everything. Mm -hmm. And so he purposely, and what happens is when you start thinking about God's word like that, you end up, it becomes part of you. Like you just think about it throughout the day. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a trick to get you to think about God's word. Right. So Jesus would tell a parable, not explain it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd be thinking about it. <clears throat> and uh, this one, however, he does explain. So let me kind of give the rundown of this. I, I've, I have studied the parables, all of them uh, in detail. And uh, this one is one of my favorites. It is likely that if this is the first parable Jesus gives, that this is in reference to how people are going to respond to all of his teaching. Mm -hmm. All right. And so what happens is Jesus explains this to us. So 
there's four different types of soils. And so you could almost rename this parable, the parable of the soils, because it's really about the soils, mm -hmm. right? What happens with each soil, each different type of soil. And so the soil we know is like the heart of a person. Jesus mm -hmm. tells us it's like the heart of a person. The seed is the word of God. The sower is the son of man. So it's Jesus. And uh, the devil is the birds that is mentioned. The different types of soil, of course, again, is the different types of hearts. Mm -hmm. And so what Jesus does is he gives this farming analogy. And uh, if you think of it this way, it's not like, like how we farm today is not what they did back then. How they did it back then is they would plow the ground, usually using oxen. Mm -hmm. And then a sower, like a farmer would have a bag of seed. He'd just reach in the bag of seed and just throw the seed. Mm -hmm. And then the seed would land everywhere, right? So it's going to land in all different places. And so some of the seed is going to fall by his side. And that side, well, where he's standing, they didn't plow it up. Or if they plowed it up, everybody's been walking on it to become a path. And so it's very hard. So mm -hmm. that's your hard ground, mm -hmm. right? And then what happens, birds come and they can pick the seed off of that because it, it's easy to find. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go into the ground. It just stays on the roadway. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other, another soil is the shallow so, or the rocky ground. So there's rocks underneath it. It looks like good ground, but underneath there's a bunch of rocks. Mm -hmm. And then, so it'll spring up quickly. And then the sun comes out and burns it up, you know, and then, then you have ground that's thorny, has a lot of weeds, chokes out the life of the seed. Mm -hmm. And so it springs up, but then it chokes it out. And then the last ground is the good ground actually produces what you want it to produce, what the farmer is looking for, mm -hmm. which is more crop right mm -hmm. more like itself mm -hmm. okay jesus explains it like this he actually says that the hard roadway is a person whose heart is so hard they cannot even receive his word and the enemy comes and snatches it away before it can get in mm -hmm. and then he says the person who's uh the the shallow ground or the heart that's like the shallow ground is a person who is accepting of the word of God and they, they like seem to accept it quickly and everything's wonderful. And then the sun comes out or persecution, they become mm -hmm. persecuted and they fall away. So mm -hmm. they don't like being persecuted. They don't like being picked on for it or worse, you know, being beaten up for it in, as in these times, right. And, and, or arrested or, you know, any, any of the above, right. So persecution or trials, mm -hmm. they don't like it. And it, it causes them to fall away. Mm -hmm. right uh then there's another ground that receives the seed mm -hmm. and it's it gets choked out by the thorns and jesus tells us the thorns and the weeds that chokes out his word are the worries and cares of this world mm. and so he says what happens is the the everyday worries and cons concerns of the world are choking out his word and therefore cannot produce a crop it cannot mm -hmm. produce what it needs to produce and then the last one is the heart that's actually fertile soil. It, it receives the word of God, and then it's going to produce more like itself. So it's, it's probably going to be a harvester. It's going to be like what you would consider somebody who is going to tell others about Christ. They're going to disciple people. They're going to, they're going to produce more like themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so those are the four types of hearts that Jesus is going to encounter in his ministry. And we still see this as really true today. Like this is still the hearts that we have in our world. 
different types. You either have hard-hearted people that just refuse the gospel, or you have shallow people that just cannot handle persecution, mm -hmm. or you have worried people that become so concerned about life that they cannot produce the crop for the Lord, or you have the person whose heart is right and is producing the things and they're producing more disciples like themselves. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so Jesus makes reference to this. Now it's interesting. Jesus is actually using this as a fulfillment of Isaiah, by the way, mm -hmm. he, he actually states to the disciples, he's telling parables to both hide the kingdom and reveal the kingdom. Mm -hmm. It reveals it to those who are going to hear the Lord. Mm -hmm. It hides it from those who are going to try to arrest and kill him. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's still able to reveal the kingdom without prematurely dying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's part of what he's doing there. Mm -hmm. And so that's pretty much like the parable of the sower. Mm -hmm. Well, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, it's interesting because if, if these people would have read the, the, the Torah or the scriptures, they would have known Isaiah and they, they probably would have understood what he was talking about. Right. Well, yeah. So like, so if they would have read, if they would have understood Isaiah there, they would understand that it's really almost like a messianic principle of what he's doing, that he's both revealing and hiding. And so they would have paid attention to this. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you, you do have this thing where there's, it's almost like in Mark, it almost says that there's like insiders and outsiders, like, the insiders of God's kingdom will understand the parables. The outsiders will not. Mm. And so it's almost like, again, that hiding and revealing at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, very interesting what's going on there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, and, and some have interpreted it this way, too. Let me explain this. Like some think that like it's not nece necessarily true that your heart is just going to be one of these. Mm -hmm. So some have interpreted this as maybe this is how we grow to become disciples. Mm -hmm. We start we, we may start off hard-hearted and end up good soil. Mm -hmm. uh, some have suggested that maybe in places of our lives, we have different types, like like certain other certain places we can produce something for the Lord, other places we cannot. Mm -hmm. Right. Regardless, there's only one type of heart in a sense that actually produces. A crop like there's one there's only one type of heart so out of the hearts in the world 75 percent of them are failing mm. right 25 percent are producing what god's actually looking for mm -hmm. so yeah that's interesting there's there's two interesting thoughts there number one do you does your soil or does your heart stay the same throughout your life and and that's up for debate, but I would argue that it does not because you and I are both <laughs> examples of that. <laughs> we're not the same people we were when when we were growing up. And then the you know the other part too is back to your point of can you have good fertile soil in one aspect of your life but not in another? And that's really up for debate. And, you know, it's kind of a thing where only only God probably knows that about a person. You know, he's the judge anyway. But, um, you know, like, could you be a good pastor? You know, let's say you're a good pastor and a good teacher. But 
and, and let's say a teacher, but you're not really an evangelist. So it's like, I guess that kind of comes down to your gifting and things more than, than what, whether your heart is based on good soil or not, you know? Well, let me give you this as an example. Like one of the hardest things to do in life is to forgive. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of the most miraculous and powerful things. Like I think a lot of people think like, and I want to see somebody's arm grow back, right? Like or something like this. And those are awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. That's amazing. Like to see healings and to see things like God does, those are great. And we want those. Mm-hmm. But some of the most powerful things you will experience from God is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And we we kind of underplay that because we don't see it physically. Mm-hmm but it happens at a soul level mm-hmm. and it's miraculous. But how many people who say they know Christ who struggle with that part of the word, mm-hmm. forgiving somebody that has hurt them. Mm-hmm. And so you might see like, Hey, they were fertile soil in accepting the word of God in, in like salvation, mm-hmm. but are they fertile soil in accepting the fact that they also have to forgive others? Mm-hmm. And so, or are they fertile soil in accepting that God wants tithe offering or free will offerings or, you know, whatever we're talking about with finances, God wants you to handle your relationships a certain way, right? God handles marriage a certain way. Like, so there's, so when his word is sown, Mm -hmm. what is our response? Mm -hmm. And in our response, it reveals what type of soil we are. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And so we and, still have that today, right? We still have that same, like, four responses. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, so they can be situational. Mm-hmm. They can, yeah, they can be in different aspects of our lives, you know, or with a, it, it, one thing, like, uh, Pastor Greg Moore calls it your sandpaper person. Like, there's, there's, most of us have this person in our life that is, very difficult for us to truly forgive and he calls that person your sandpaper person and he said if if you you know and he's not being condemning but he's saying if you don't if you don't forgive that your sandpaper person then you're not going to fully experience god and and i thought that that was interesting because he said you know basically you know jesus was about you know love and forgiveness and so if we don't forgive, we're limiting who the 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 power of, of the Holy Spirit and, and the love of God within us. You know, yeah. and it, and then and, and I thought that, that was powerful because I heard that earlier this week and because I was listening to some of his teachings, and you know, he said basically that that limits the miraculous, which is what we've been talking about, I think a couple of weeks ago, maybe, or last week and the week before, of how how do we see the the physical gifts the the, the or the uh the miraculous powers of of God come come to manifest before us and, and here on earth. Well, you gotta, you know, there's a there's a whole thing that you know we could go down and talk about about that but but your point about forgiveness that's a huge part of it yeah yeah and so we kind of we kind of look at that in our lives like where are you at in your heart remember god's always after the heart Mm -hmm. 
right? If and so if you if you experience something that's a religious situation, mm-hmm. but it's a a situation in which your heart is not involved. So you're doing something you're doing something that would be considered spiritual, but your heart's not involved. Then really, what you have is a religious spirit, right? Right. You're just doing something outward where your heart's not really in it. And that what was some of the issues that Israel had, right? Like they would do things religiously because it was in the Torah, mm-hmm. but did not actually love the Lord. Right. At one point, God actually tells them, like, your sacrifices just aren't doing it. Mm-hmm. And in their mind, they're going, but this is what you asked us to do. Mm-hmm. But see, they're because the intent of their heart's not in it. So mm-hmm. Jesus just brings this out in the parable, right? And you'll see most of these parables are this way. But he brings this out in the parable, like the condition of your heart is so important. Mm-hmm. Like we see 75% do not produce what God's actually wanting them to produce. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, 75% actually receive the word of God. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can like receive the word of God. And your response still not be correct about it. And you don't actually produce what the Lord wants you to produce. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so I think the goal would be like, as people, what do we need to do? Where does our heart need to be with the Lord? How does God need to work on us so that we are that soil? Mm-hmm. That is actually producing the 30, 60, and 100 fold. Like, what does what does that one look like? Mm-hmm. Right. And so because because you can receive the word mm-hmm. and you can still because a lot of times what we think is if somebody doesn't receive the word, oh, see, they're just hard hearted. But really, you could receive the word and still not produce anything for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. And so, like, so that's that's kind of the fascinating thing here. Like you can have people that actually understand God's word. They receive God's word, but either because of persecution and trials or because of worries and cares, like it just doesn't, it doesn't produce anything in their life. Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's a lot of thorns. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of all, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, all three of the first ones, but boy, I think there's a lot of thorns here in this world. Yeah. I think, I think the reality is like, at least, at least I think in America, mm-hmm. we have a lot of worried people, mm-hmm. right? I think in America, we have a lot of people who are worried. They have a lot of concerns and it's about stuff that's everyday life, mm-hmm. right? Like it's about clothing. It's about keeping the roof over your head. It's about making sure you have enough to eat. It's about, Hey, let's make sure our portfolio is ready so I can retire. Right. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the amount of, and you know, these are the the concerns that if we're not careful, we spend our whole life about those things and miss the Messiah, mm-hmm. you know, because, and it goes against when we do that, it goes against what Jesus said. Jesus said that you should be storing up treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, mm-hmm. right? Seeking first the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that doesn't mean like we quit our jobs and we do, but it does mean that all of a sudden the job is no longer the priority. Mm-hmm. Jesus in the marketplace is right. Right. Like, so all of a sudden a shift of priority happens mm-hmm. and, uh, and it changes our lives. 
But again, that's kind of like receiving it. I remember at one point in my life, I realized that I was working really hard for a lot of people who were simply going to replace me when I died. (laughs) So I was going to, what was I actually working for? Like, right. Like what was I, it had no eternal value. Right. Right. It was, I'm working, 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 working. When I die, they may say something nice and then they'll find somebody who can just do the job that I was doing. Right. Right. And so what happens is we usually, if we're not careful, and I think this is what Jesus is saying. He doesn't want us to get caught up in things that aren't worthy of our time. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's designed us to do things that are worthy. Mm-hmm. And the things that are worthy are all the things that are eternal and related to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So when you invest in those things, they become eternal. Mm-hmm. Right? Like so Paul, when he is saved, he realizes he has been doing things completely opposite of what he should be doing. Mm-hmm. And, he, and so instead of fighting against the Lord, he ends up serving the Lord. And he talks about these eternal investments. Mm-hmm. What does he look at? Look at that as well. He's investing what he knows about God into people. Mm-hmm. And he says, that's, that's eternal. And we need to be focused on eternal things. If we truly honestly want to have a life that like, if you really honestly want to think about like retirement portfolio, you got to think of your eternal portfolio, Mm -hmm. not your, not just your earthly one. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's the thing. We have to be careful not to get caught up in everything else where our life is consumed by the world, mm-hmm. but we have nothing towards the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's tough in, here in America because we talked about this before where we're a performance-based society <clears throat> and probably not just in America, but, you know, I mean, you know, you're judged in, in the workplace by your performance and you're judged pretty well everywhere you go and everything you do by your performance. So even if you're, you know, even if you're singing and performing uh, worship music in church, your your people are kind of looking at you and like, man, yeah. did did, were, did he or she do a good job or not? You know, it's like yeah. we whether we really realize it or you know or admit it or whatever, we we still judge people about you know their performance on things and and we judge ourselves about our performance on things rather than. You know, like one piece of advice you gave me a couple few weeks ago is, and it was great advice, is that, you know, it's not our job to worry about the outcome. You know, do do what we felt, do what we feel led to do, do our best, and God will take care of the rest. And, you know, so uh, it, I still keep going back to this thorn thing that, that Jesus is talking about. And to, to your point, I think we have a lot of thorns in America. I mean, we 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 have a lot of all of them. You know, we have a lot of hard-hearted people that um don't really you know, grow the seed and 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 that sort of thing and we have a lot of rocky soil and you know, people people cave into peer pressure, you know, that 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 sunshine that persecution is probably is a lot to do with peer pressure and you know, sometimes you're just not cool, you know, like if, if, if you don't, 
you know, uh, you know, do this or do that or, you know, hang out and, you know, hang out in a certain place or yeah. use a certain use a certain type of language. Uh, you're, you're just not one of the cool kids. <laughs> and, you know, then that's and then what we're doing is we're like judging ourselves by the world standards. Mm-hmm. Is that really what we care about? Like, is that really like what judgment do we want to listen to? Mm-hmm. Because I think, see, what happens is we become so performance based and so outward that that's not the crop that we're going to produce. Right. That's not what that's not going to create the heart of that. This is important to the Lord. Mm-hmm. The What only matters if we really believe Jesus is God mm-hmm. and we really believe he's going to judge that he's going to judge the quick and the dead. Mm-hmm. And we really believe he's going to come and set up his kingdom. Then am I really going to be concerned with judgment of a failing system? Am I going to worry what the world thinks? Right? Because there's another system that's in place. And that's the judgment I want to hear from. Mm-hmm. Well, That means I've got to live my life as what would I want Jesus to say to me mm-hmm. when I talk to him? Because right. I'm going to talk to him, right? right. Here's coming. Mm-hmm. So by that time, we need to live our life by like, what What would I want Jesus to say to me? Would I want him to look at me and say, hey, you you did 30-fold, man. Mm-hmm. You did 60-fold, right? You like you were the heart that was right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I've heard it said this way. The tombstone that's put on our grave. The smallest thing on the tombstone is the most important thing in your life. The smallest thing on the tombstone is that dash. Mm -hmm. And it's the dash that makes all the difference. That's right. Right. It's not, it's, it's, it's because that dash represents your entire life. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, like the question is, if I really am going to be uh, a, a believer in this world, then I've got one priority, mm-hmm. and that is to serve the king. Mm-hmm. And he already warns me that I got to be careful that my heart's not hard. Mm-hmm. He already warns me that I got to be careful that I don't give in to persecution. Mm-hmm. Again, again, you give into persecution because you're more worried about the judgment of a failing system, mm-hmm. the world, right? Than the judgment of the king who's coming, mm-hmm. right? And and so we just get caught up in the wrong thing, mm-hmm. and so uh, and then the the worries and cares. I really believe what Jesus says in Matthew six, even mm-hmm. that I should not worry or be anxious in in Philippians four. Mm-hmm. If I really believe what scripture says, then that means that I'm not, I'm not going to worry about the cares and concerns of this world because I have one priority. Mm-hmm. What's the one priority? Well, I've got to do what the king wants done. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so whatever he wants done, I'm going to trust that he's going to provide for it. I'm going to trust that he's going to lead the way. And my goal is no longer about what I want to do in this world. It's about what Jesus wants to do through me. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think like every believer, if they're honest with themselves and they're honest with scripture has to come to this conclusion. Like this, this is really what it's about. Mm-hmm. 
right? Because when Jesus returns, he's not going to like, he's not going to look at us and go, hey, you know, uh, when you, when you were really concerned about what people thought about you at your job, I really appreciate that. Like, I appreciate your <laughs> kindness about like, he, he's not going to do that, right? Like he's, he's the king. He's like, the, the thought is there is nothing more important than him. Mm-hmm. The question is, do we actually live that way? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. It is. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm not saying denial is the way to do it. I'm saying like we've got to get to a place in our life and in our heart that we not only believe it, but we live it. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. So we're we're just about a half an hour, and this has been a great conversation. But one thing I want to ask is you'd brought up earlier uh, about the different types of parables and all that sort of thing. So we're talking about parables. Quickly, what is your favorite parable that uh that jesus didn't explain because i want to give everybody a homework assignment this week to think about my favorite oh that's hard okay so there's a lot of good parables out there right well just you don't it doesn't have to be your favorite but what would you like to leave what what do you feel like you should leave with, with somebody this week for a homework assignment for one that jesus didn't explain to us Okay, so one that he did not explain to us. Mm-hmm. Here, here's a good one. The parable of the talents. Mm. I've heard everybody try to explain this. And I've heard, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it this way. It's not about your talent. Mm-hmm. The parable of the talents is not about your talent. Right. And I've heard so many teachers explain the parable of talents using your talents really if you don't use your talents god will take them away mm. and that is not what that parable is about mm. so here's the homework here would be the homework it's in matthew uh, i believe it's 24 25 jesus and i, and I want you to think about this so if you're going to do homework on it i'm going to give you two things you got to think about with regard to this parable the first one the disciples ask three questions that sends Jesus into this massive discussion <laughs> and he ends it with these parables. Mm-hmm. Okay. The three questions they ask, which formulate the context for the entire two chapters, right? Is when will these things be? What's the sign of your coming? And what's the sign of the end of the age? Mm. So he explains like the end times. But then he gives this weird parable, the talents. So think about it in that context. The other thing is you got to know what a talent is. A talent is money. Mm. Remember when I told you that, that Jesus talks so much about money. Mm -hmm. He talks more about money than most subjects. Mm -hmm. The parable of talents, a talent is actually money. Mm -hmm. It's a form of money back in Jesus's time. Mm-hmm. You were given talents, right? So, so think about it in those terms. So that's the homework assignment. Go read the parable of the talents and ask the question. If I interpret this in the context of end times, and this is actually about money, what is Jesus saying? Mm-hmm. He doesn't interpret it. As far as I know, he doesn't interpret that one. Okay. All right. 
That's awesome. Cause that's, that's, that's good because we're talking about parables, very important. And uh, we want, just like Jesus did, we want people to have one to think about this week. Yes. yes. Now, if you ask me, what was the hardest parable to interpret? I'm going to tell you a parable that no one's even heard of. You never hear anybody preach on it, but Jesus gave it. And it's for another time. I'm not going to get into it tonight, but it's called the parable of the porter. The parable of the what? The porter. The porter. Yes. A porter is like a butler. Oh, okay. Okay. Understood. So it's like about a butler. Okay. You never hear anybody talk about that one. <laughs> and it, and it's, it's difficult to interpret. Okay. So, uh, so the parable of the porter. But but yeah, so the parable of talents would be a good homework assignment. Okay. That's good. Well, maybe they have two. Maybe everybody's got two homework assignments. If 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 they're feeling really, really uh, energetic, <laughs> if they're feeling really like going for it, they can go for both of them. Yes, and I'll tell and you, make, the parable of the talents, man, it has implications for us today. Okay. Like well, we then, got to pay attention to this thing. Okay, and maybe what we'll do is in a future episode coming up here, maybe you and Phil can can interpret it, or or you guys can both kind of share your thoughts and interpretations of it. That sounds good. Awesome. That's okay. That's great. <laughs> well, Man, this has been a great episode and, uh, you know, love the parables. Everybody loves a story. And uh, so it's been it's been a good one. And uh, hopefully next week Phil's back. And if not, we'll give him a hard time again. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, everybody have a great week and um, we'll see you next week. All right. Good evening. Good evening.